0: All right, man. Welcome to Crow Triple Seven Radio. This is episode 323. Jason Lindgren is with me and Mandara Cromwell is back. You may remember that we had Mandara on for episode 264, which was titled Cymatics, Good Vibrations Create Everything, Color, Form, Sound. We're going to get into a discussion about teeth here, and it's getting to be a big deal. And I'll state this in the same way My parents' parents, my grandmother and father had children, my mother and father, who did better than they did. I was the first generation that could not claim the same. Uh, I did not do better than my parents did or most people in this situation. And I think the dental health is reflected in this. And here's why. When I was young, it was common for anyone who was in their 80s to have dentures. My mother is 90. She's got all her teeth. And yet, The next generation, which is my generation, I know so many people who are wearing partials, uh, headed towards denture, and just the teeth are in poor shape. And I think it reflects what's happened here. But anyhow, welcome, Jason. And a very beautiful good morning to you. All right, let's try to max this out. Welcome, Mandara.
1: Thank you for inviting me to share my information and research here. It's great to be with um, all of you today.
0: So, what do you think? about my supposition, which is my firsthand observation of what I noticed. Uh, My parents' generation seemed to have apex. They lived in the golden age of America in the fifties. They almost, most people in the middle class owned houses. And a lot of those people still have their teeth. As I, as I mentioned, my mother is 90. She has all her teeth, but I truly suspect that the dementia issues that I am battling have to do with two root canals she has. Um, But that's hard hard thing to prove. What do you think? Did we, did we go up to the apex, you know, for people who are adults in the fifties and then drop off the cliff again?
1: I have to agree with you there because, um, yeah, we see, I see it in my research. Uh, first of all, I want to make uh, it clear that I'm not a dentist or a dental professional, but I do research, uh, with respects to cymatics, And in cymatics and cymotherapy, which is the therapeutic application of sound, I get a lot of people who come to our organization asking why they can't heal. And I have found through my research that it is directly related to the teeth and the health and the oral cavity. Um, Actually, I did a, a Little bit of research, a preliminary investigation, we'll call it, on 16 Alzheimer's and dementia patients. And the baseline of those patients, the health history that we gathered, they all had a common thread in several dental procedures had been conducted in the previous 40 years. So what we're talking about is a slow, burn here that finally escalates one day when the body can no longer handle it and all things break loose. And with oral health, all of these nerves, all of this communication system begins up above in the brain. And so these neural pathways, these veins, there are over 2000 published articles on PubMed that directly relate oral health to dementia, Alzheimer's, heart attack. And the cardiologists are really ahead of the game here. Many cardiologists will ask their patients to go get a medical clearance, a dental clearance before they do open heart surgery. And that is because the plaque and bacterial buildup in the oral cavity travels along and builds up in these veins and arteries. So my background is in Ayurveda and Chinese medicine. In Chinese medicine, you can search this on the internet, or I'll give you a link on my website where you can go look at this. There is an organ tooth chart. It talks about, shows the the teeth and which organ system they're related to. And since we're uh, talking a little bit about dementia and in Alzheimer's, you will be able to see on that chart that um, there are teeth. We call them our canine teeth, our eye teeth. They are directly related to the uh, nervous system. And also to the eyes. And I was just in conversation with an ophthalmologist yesterday. I know I'm kind of weaving a wide path here, but hang there with me. The ophthalmologist told me that there are many studies now that are looking at the correlation between Alzheimer's and dementia and the retina. And again, we see this type of plaque buildup, so to speak. Okay, so this congestion in these pathways. And it's the same that I found when I did research on breast cancer, that these different teeth are directly related to the meridian system of where that tumor is growing. And actually, in in, um, Chinese medicine, they also look at the tongue. And, you know, if your teeth have impressions along the margin of your tongue, that is saying that maybe you're experiencing poor intestinal absorption. And so what this is all relating to is the lack of circulation, the increase in toxicity and the body's inability to handle all of this. So then we get stagnant. We get... Plaque buildup in these arteries, and definitely they're in the brain. They definitely affect our cognitive function. And of all of the 16 patients that I looked at in my study, all of them had multiple dental procedures, a minimum of three root canal teeth, and a plethora of mercury fillings and crowns and and those types of dental procedures. So, we can go (laughs) really deep into that, uh, or we can, you know, step back and say, how did we get on this trajectory? Which you really mentioned, Crow, we were going along just fine. And then what happened? Well, the industrial time took a a shift. Um, You know, we became this society that is really experiencing what they call lifestyle disease. We have a lot of uh, packaged foods. And, and let's face it, I'm, I'm not pointing the finger at anyone here. We all lead very busy lives ourselves. Then when we have to caretake someone, uh, whether it be our, our parents or our children or our grandchildren, we're really busy. So these convenience foods somehow or another find a way into our pantries and we grab them when we're in a hurry. So what we have to go back to is the research that Weston Price, uh, who was a, a dentist in the um, early 1900s, his research and what he found going through, I mean, he spent 10 years traveling throughout the whole world investigating cultures And finding the ones who had no dental caries, no problems with their teeth coming in, full sets of bright smiles. And it's all related to our diet and our ability to engage those processes in our regular 24-hour cycle. So I'm going to stop here because I know I just went all over the place with that, but this is such an important show. And I guess what I really want to convey to everyone who's listening to this is that this is the wake up call. What we're talking about here is the wake up to hopefully shake you up to investigate this for yourself, to not only look at it for yourself, but begin to ask everyone around you if they've ever heard of the correlation of what's going on in the oral cavity with other degenerative conditions get your children and your grandchildren to do school reports on this we've really got to open the door on this because it is so important for our overall health and it it takes us asking questions And pushing back limitations, getting people to start to think about this and how it relates to their own special health to get the ball rolling. And and I'm not just here to say gloom and doom. I also want to tell you some of the things that modern dentistry is doing to help us. There are a small percentage of the the, uh, dental professionals out there who are saying, hey, I really want to be part of this change. And then because my background is in, the oldest medical systems of the world of Ayurveda and Chinese medicine, I want to share with you some natural things that you can be doing today. It's probably in your cupboard right now to incorporate in your, your daily regimen so easily. Anyway, I'm going to hand it back to you.
0: <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll try to dial it in a bit because in this first hour, I would like to put on the radar, and actually I'll phrase it like this, Mandara, let's talk about dental procedures that you personally don't want any part of. How about if we phrase it like that? But to get back to the point before we came on the air, I mentioned in Charlotte Gerson's most popular book, she dug up one of the past presidents of the Root Canal Society who had done a complete, he first he quit his position. Then he went on the record saying, don't do this. He was saying this will cause cancer. This will cause any number of terrible, terrible problems down the road. And this, I believe, and this is from memory, 60s or 70s. Uh, That Charlotte dug up this information. You pointed out the Ayurvedic and the Chinese method. It's not like people haven't known things for a very long time. Before I cue you up, I'm going to ask you, uh, what are these procedures that people would be well-steered into investigating? Let's just do that. Let's lay down those procedures that are currently going on that if you were faced with them, you would not have an interest in. In other words, if you are doing these things, maybe take some time to investigate and know some things before you get it done. So the the
1: word of caution here is inform yourself now, because when the time comes, you find, you find yourself on this slippery slope. All of a sudden, you have to have an extraction or you have to have a root canal or you have to, you know and when you go into the dental office so first of all let me answer your question you really want to avoid root canal teeth th- this procedure i mean we all have root canals that's part of the the tooth the anatomy of the tooth but what we're talking about here specifically is root canaled teeth teeth that have a procedure where they drill through the top of your tooth the crown of your tooth they drill into it and they basically Kill the tooth. And they take out all the living tissue and pack it with something that is basically dead. And so this is a prime place now for anaerobic bacteria, everything to breed. The thing is, is that we don't realize this until like 10 years 20 years later, that there is silent bacteria growing here, and it's actually a toxic tooth that's affecting our whole physiology. I will speak from experience here because I have had a root canal, and it was a time when, uh, so I had a, uh, I'll explain this to you how, how I got on a slippery slope because it happens to everybody and suddenly you don't know what happened is i had a an old overlay i was enjoying a nice italian meal one day this is decades ago and the overlay had exhausted its life and fell out so i went to a dentist who I thought was a friend of mine. And we could say he's a friend of mine, was a friend of mine. Uh, He's no longer living at this point. But anyway, I went to my friend and I said, hey, can you fix this? And I said, just put some more gold on. Now, I select gold for particular reasons. Um, I never went with amalgam because um, at that point earlier in my life, I knew the dangers of mercury toxicity early on. And so I went for gold and uh, I went for gold over ceramic because I happen to be one of those people that comes down really hard, uh, a a significant, significant masticator, the dentist called me. Um, So I would come down and really uh, chew uh, with great force. And so I would break the ceramic uh, fillings and, and crowns. So I went for gold. Well, when I went for gold, the de- my friend, the dentist, um, said, hey, I think that we might need to have an endodontist. Look at this. At that time, I was not paying attention. In my life, I had several things going on uh, business-wise. I was organizing a huge conference. I, My mind, I just wanted to get the tooth fixed and go on with my life. And this, I want to tell all of you, if you find yourself in this position where you're not thinking you're on autopilot, please take my experience as a warning. What happened is when I went in to have, when, when they say endodontist, endodontist means root canal. Okay. So I the, the endodontist looking, he goes, yeah, you need a root canal. I can do it right here, right now, if you want me to. So I'm like, yes, let's get this over with. That was my mistake. Eventually, I had to have the tooth extracted. So now I have a place with no tooth. Now, you can get by a little while without uh, a tooth. But let me tell you that suddenly that changes the cymatic architecture of your skull. Now it's called a uh, malocclusion, and so your your bite is off. You suddenly notice that you your balance is different. No longer, when I would do my yoga poses, could I hold the standing balancing poses like I used to. Um, I uh, noticed that uh, the my teeth, even though I would, I bought a um, mouth guard to try to keep that space open my bones, my arch, my dental arch was shifting because I no longer had a tooth there. So let me tell you that that's why they normally do a root canal because they want to keep that dental arch there. But the fact that they do the root canal, now you've got a pocket where bacteria can grow. And again, as I said, it's very slow, slow process. You don't know until one day you wake up and you go... You know, my eyesight, and by the way, I just, you know, um think I mentioned earlier, I was with an ophthalmologist yesterday and he said, yes, they're cor- correlating these brain processes, these neural pathways into from the, the retina of your eye to dementia and Alzheimer's. Suddenly I saw that my vision had changed. Now, what happens with these pockets of inflammation? I know I'm relating a lot of um, cascading events here, but what happens is when you're watching your own health, and, and I'm a natural health advocate, I'm watching processes uh, with my own body, with the fam- my family's bodies, with every person that I study, whether it be. Uh, you know, an autoimmune condition, a cancer condition, a dementia or, or cognitive neurological Parkinson's. Uh, whatever I'm studying, I'm looking at the oral cavity. What has happened there, and when did they have a post-traumatic event in their life? When did they their vision start changing? When did they notice they started losing balance? When did they notice that their smell and other senses are affected? And we can track all of this to the oral cavity. So I'm encouraging all of you to find out this information before suddenly, bam, one day you're in a dental chair and they're saying, hmm, we've got to do something here. So now I want to shift over just a a tad.
0: Let me finish up there before you shift over. So do you have a space in your mouth right now? What's the option? Because I did the same thing. Uh, It's related to mercury, um, but they wanted to root canal me. Luckily, I'd read Gerson way, way back. I knew better. I said, no, Um, what's the option now? You've got a space where a single tooth has been removed or for some people, maybe more. Is there a solution to filling that gap? That's not detrimental.
1: I did eventually uh, get a bridge because my, my dental arch was, I, I could tell it was shifting. It didn't matter how many times I went to the chiropractor. I saw my cranial sacral therapist. I, all of the things that I would do. And let me tell you, <laughs> I think I have every gadget, every you know uh, thing available to, to man or woman. I did get a bridge. Now, let me tell you the problem with bridges. The problem with a bridge is that you have to attach it to two side teeth on, on either side of the missing tooth. So now I have something that is maintaining my arch. Uh, my, uh, vision has come back more. I'm, um, That's a really good news. My balance is is better. So that is a fix. But when you have to affix a a dental, trying to think of what they call it. But anyway, when you have to fix a bridge. Is it like a prosthesis? (laughs) It's like a prosthesis. When you have to affix that to the neighboring teeth, they have to drill. They have to buzz down the wonderful enamel and the neighboring teeth. And then they put a cap over that. So now we're going over to the neighboring teeth that were healthy. And now they, their integrity is compromised because you've done this procedure. So that's what I did Crow. And so uh, if you want to know my, uh, I'll be happy to share my uh, regular, what I do.
0: Well, what, I'll just simply ask, I want to lay down the things that people should definitely investigate before they allow it to happen within their mouth. But if you had to do all over again, and you did in fact have the root canal, would you do the bridge again? Would that be a process that that you would accept?
1: Uh, yes, I, I would at this point have uh, accept the bridge. Uh, you know, every person is different. I went with the bridge more than uh, over an implant. Um, The body does not like metals in it. Uh, So there's some, even the um, ceramic and the glass fillings that they're having today, that they're great for 50% of the population. Um, There are tests that you can uh, take, a lab that you can send in to see what materials your body uh, might be compatible with. For me, I felt the lesser of all evils since I found myself on the wrong train track was,
0: um, was a bridge. So let's, let's just complete here and lay down, uh, the, the top things people should investigate before they're allowed it to happen. My personal experience was when I was young, I have good teeth. I had, I don't know, three, four cavities. Unfortunately, I had a dentist that used mercury amalgam. So. In the early nineties, I went in because I was already aware of it. I'd already read Charlotte Gerson and looked at other things and I was going to have it removed. So the dentist jacks me up. He left such a thin, when he removed the mercury, he left so little tooth there that it was going to later be a problem, which it did. Um, And so that got repaired a couple of times. Finally, it just broke off. One side of it broke off and I have good teeth. So I go in there and they said, Oh, you got to get a root canal. I said, no, I don't. I said, I'm not doing that. Um, and they said, well, you'll have a gap. And one of your back teeth is now missing. And I said, I would rather have a gap than a root canal. I know better. And you people should look into all the endless research that shows that root canals are a horrible, horrible idea. And I even pointed to the Gerson method. So currently I have a gap, but the main point here is that mercury amalgam. I have actually seen recently online People eating mercury trying to tell you it's fine. There's no problem with mercury amalgam. Look, I'm eating mercury and it it drives me crazy. Um, there's a simple rule of thumb. If a thing is poison, it's poison. And if it's poison, it doesn't belong in your body.
2: Just a little bit of poison.
0: Yeah, yeah, the mercury amalgams are in a way kind of worse because you forget about them. And as they slowly make their way into your you know body, and that's another argument that kills me. I've had dental professionals say, oh, it never gets out of there. It's, it's in there for life. And I pointed out when my tooth broke, there was remnants. I'm, I'm almost certain I must've swallowed some of the filling that was left over on that wall. So let's, let's take on the mercury amalgam uh, because people are working hard to try to reinstitute the idea that that's just fine. It's a good idea to put mercury in your teeth.
1: Well, a lot of times they call the mercury amalgam filling silver fillings because they want you to feel better about it. Yep. But it really is a lot more mercury than it is silver. And this is a very inexpensive way to fill teeth. And I uh, was talking to a dentist who they have this organization, Dentists Without Borders. And when they go to third world countries to help um, with the dental care there, they are still using these silver amalgam mercury fillings because it is cheap. you know it's like a few bucks to fill a tooth. The problem that you're you're addressing here uh, was written a lot in a book called The Toxic Tooth. And it's very important if you have these silver, fill- first of all, if you have a mouthful of ma- amalgam fillings, don't go get them all removed at once. First of all, especially if they're not bothering you right now, but what you do want to do right now is find a dentist, a biological dentist. And, you know, at the end of the show, I'll send you some links to some organizations that you can um, seek out a, a dentist, a biological dentist who knows how to properly remove the teeth uh, the, or excuse me, the uh, amalgam in the teeth. Because these vapors are released, they go into your brain. They go, as you mentioned, Crow, you swallowed something that was probably, you know, a part of the amalgam filling. There's a whole procedure to dam up all of the uh, surrounding area and to safely remove or as safe as possible, remove these types of fillings. And here, I will tell you that we do need to thank dentists. They have gotten us all on this routine where we come twice a year to have our teeth clean, which, as I mentioned earlier, is great to remove the plackets, et cetera. But one of the things that you do need to know as well is that they have spent a lot of time in medical school where they have learned to drill and fill. So it's kind of like that saying, if you have a hammer, everything looks like a nail. When you go to the dentist, unless you are going to a biological, functional, restorative dentist. And and so I'm saying those three words very profoundly because those are the words that you need to put in your search bar when you look for dentists. You want a restorative dentist, a biological dentist, a functional medicine dentist. These dentists use different tests to find out, again, you know, what what are your biological markers as far as your calcium phosphorus ratio, which is when that is disturbed, that's where we see the dental caries come in. That research has been known for decades, and is anybody talking about it? No. But anyway, the uh, back to the, sorry, I uh, digress here or, or I go off on a tangent. There's so much to know about this, but the proper removal of amalgam feelings is crucial. So seek out these dentists who know how to do this because it becomes very toxic. And mercury in all of the Alzheimer's studies, every one of mine, and then I'm talking about my studies. Now, I'm going to also say there's a lot of data out there relating mercury and aluminum, heavy metal toxicity to dementia and Alzheimer's.
2: I'm waiting to see where the Rockefellers come in here because it's got to be their fault, right?
0: (laughs) Well, clearly that's it. You know, that's another thing I was gonna mention is when I was young, the dentist did what the dentist wanted to do. When I got older, it became your insurance covers this many cleanings and this much is allotted for in other words, the corporations took over the treatment. In other words, the dentist was starting to be bound to it didn't matter what he thought was best. It was all about what the insurance would cover. So really, Jason's right on the money that you know, that is. Relatable to, to Rockefeller Medicine, the, the onset of corporate overlordship.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, they call it drilling, billing, and filling. And uh, dentists go to school to learn these procedures. They can't, You go into their office, and rarely are they going to ask you about your nutritional intake, which is exactly what Dr. Weston A. Price found uh, when he did his research. Uh, many people know his famous story of uh, a woman who had been uh, suffering from arthritis came to him and uh, was in a wheelchair and he recommended that she get a root canaled tooth extracted even though it wasn't bothering her and she agreed he extracted the tooth and within a matter of couple of weeks she was out of the wheelchair and walking without a cane. He took that, a portion of that root canal tooth and inserted it in under the skin of a rabbit. And within a short period of time, that rabbit developed the same disease, arthritis, uh, of the woman and died within 10 days. So this, uh, Crow, did you run across the work of uh, Weston Price when you were doing your research?
0: Well, what I noticed was the Steiner stuff, which I mean, I'm starting to get to the point. Was there anything Steiner didn't you know, reflect on? Uh, so not as much Weston Price, uh, but I think even Price may show up in some of the Gerson. I just don't remember. It's been so long, but I did see some stuff from Steiner.
1: Yes. And well, Price preceded Gershon, Gerson and um, his whole study of traveling the world found that it all comes down to diet and that we have a diet severely lacking in the fat-soluble vitamins of vitamin A, D, and K. And this is where when, when we upset the that combined with someone who came after him was uh, Melvin Page and his research, gosh, he had like 30 years and 40,000 blood tests that he looked at. And he discovered that the biochemical cause of tooth and tooth decay and gum disease. Sorry, I'm really so excited about sharing this information. I'm trying to talk too fast. Anyway, he decided in, or discovered in his studies that it's really the disturbance in the ratio of calcium to phosphorus in the blood. And you know, of course, the blood spikes when we eat sugar and minerals like calcium are pulled from the bones and from the teeth. And, you know, this consistent low level of phosphorus over a period of several months, you'll get into decay and dentin is just really depleted and, and the mineral structure, et cetera. So there are dentists who brought this to the American Dental Association. As a matter of fact, Weston Price was uh, the president of that organization for a period. They are no longer looking at this. There are a few doctors uh, and and an, an endodontist, I'll mention her here right here, Dr. Val Cantor, who's out at UCLA. She is practicing what we call restorative dentistry. And she's bringing this information from these forerunners of Price and Page, et cetera, back to today and how um, at that university, they're starting to take a look at their studies and recreate those investigations once again.
0: So I want to get your reaction here. It's gotten to the point where, you know, I'm I'm covered by the VA because I was a Marine. Uh, I'll do anything to not go in there. (laughs) I've got to be in pretty rough shape (laughs) before I'm heading in there. Um, you know, and let you know it's certain things uh, western medicine is very good at, like if they're gonna stitch you up or do other things, um, they're very good at it. But it's gotten to the point where you know, I'll I'll call Clive Carl first. He saved me from a hand surgery with damn magnesium of all things. Amanda Volmer. At this point, uh, I get Amanda Volmer's Molage of Cell Salts and I microdose it three times a day minimally. And here's what I want you to reflect on see what you think about it. As you know, I'm all about what was known a couple two 300 years ago, if I can get my hands on it. The alchemists uh, who were related to the tarot card movement and the building of the cathedrals, they had some connection. It's not easy or knowable how. They made the claim that basically there's 12 cell salts in your blood. If you want to boil this down all the way to foundational brass tacks, And if you get off on the cell salts that are in your blood, then bad things start to happen. They further said it is not possible to heal a body unless what you're putting in is building blocks of the body. Um, In other words, things that would have been part of your supposedly younger healthy life, whether it's a food or whatever it might be, it has to be part of what's normally used to build the body. Getting back to the cell salts, uh, do you think that that is, can it be just boiled down that basic um, that the cell salts are the building blocks that are carried in your blood? Of course, they, they will make the claim that it's not the cell salts that build the body. It's not the carrot you're eating that builds the body. What actually builds the body is the cell salts interacting with the air you are breathing in. That's what builds the body. What do you think about all that?
1: Cell salts are key. They're key for, uh, absorption. And I mean, so many things. So I'm definitely, that's definitely part of the program. The absorption is the problem that we get into when people, their whole mechanism has gummed up. Uh, you know, we've eaten, let's just go to, uh, Weston price. He found it's these fats, these healthy fats, uh, when he studied these different, uh, cultures, the um, the main thing that they had was this high fat diet of whether it was the the people in um, India or off the coast of Australia where they ate a lot of seafood. The people in uh, the Norwegian countries had a lot of um, kefir and um, uh, full fat yogurt, and and uh, of course they all suggest that we. Look for sources of raw milk, raw um, butter, grass fed, those types of things, because the body knows what to do with those. But somehow or another, Napoleon, I think he was the guy who um, who started this. He wanted to find, you know, there wasn't enough dairy uh, around to feed his troops. So he asked somebody to find a substitute. And that sort of started the whole launch into what we now know as margarine or fake fats. Well, somehow or another with marketing, uh, we got into this thing that these uh, trans fats and hydrogenated oils and, and all of the foods. That this is, going. I mean, remember Crisco? I remember my grandmother frying chicken chicken in Crisco, yep. which
0: is... <laughs> Oleo and Crisco, that was the 60s, early 70s and it was better than butter, right? That's what they told you.
1: It was better than butter, tastes like butter. But I
0: can't believe it's not butter. <laughs> exactly. I can't.
1: That was the commercial, exactly. So, anyway, these fats, when we eat these foods with, and, and you know, a lot of it's processed food, uh, we are ingesting those, they gum up the digestive tract. So, when that machinery is clogged and clumped, then you can't absorb what you're eating. So the cell salts are part, a key part of it. Absorbing minerals is uh, huge, but we also need to have the healthy fats. We need to go to more of a fat-burning diet as opposed to a carbohydrate-burning diet. And this is where what Weston Price and Page and um, I think even Gerson found that this is really key to have the good fat in your diet, so that. All of the systems are open and working well, the joints are oiled, and you can absorb all of your food, including the cell salts. But cell salts would be one of the things that I would add to um, suggest for people to add to their diet right along with the good fats.
0: So there was a whole onslaught in my younger life that fats were bad. And then pretty soon it was reflected in the medical community. Oh, you got your HDL, your LDL, your PDQ, your, all this stuff they're going to make up that doesn't mean anything to anybody, uh, unless they go home and research it. And they've convinced you that fats are the problem. But the problem is, is that the bad fats that they're talking about end up being all fats and that's been known for a long, long time. But Jason, did you want to get in here?
2: Well, I'm not surprised to hear that everything in the body is intertwined, and this is what comes up with these situations as well. But uh, I, I was only half-joking when I said, how are the Rockefellers at fault? Because we know that they took the entirety of the way things were and literally flushed it down the toilet and pushed the petrochemical thing on us. Do you happen to know how these sorts of things were dealt with, say, pre-20th century, and what they did to skew it over and into their... Uh, more modern way of screwing everything up?
1: Are you talking about in the, the dental industry? I mean, we've, ha- we've had a dental uh, sort of in- industry <laughs> for hundreds of years. George Washington wore dentures. Back in the Egyptian times, they had certain dental procedures, but very rare. And, oh, well, that's what we find in our um, historical records. But it was at this industrial age with the onslaught of this oil, we'll call it a perversion, because that's what they've done, is they've perverted the beautiful oils into something that our body cannot interact with. And so it enters, you know, basically the confusion uh, and the gumming up of the whole system. But you're talking, I think your question is about what was happening with these oils pre-industrial age?
2: Right. Well, what procedures were they using to try and save things in the mouth before the Rockefellers got their hands on all of it and started using nasty stuff?
1: Right. So the basic tooth powders, uh, well, first of all, dental, the, the dental uh, oral cavity was part of the whole body. So in China and India, and, and even I remember uh, growing up, I uh, I think everybody knows I grew up in a rural area where we had sort of like a country doctor. And when the country doctor would uh, look at you, the first thing they would do would take a tongue depressor, uh, look in your mouth, look at your teeth, look at your tongue, look at your eyes. You know, it was uh, treated as the whole body, dentistry as a subgroup of the medical world, uh, you know, happened when, you know, <laughs> maybe the Rockefellers, somebody decided that, hey, we can siphon this off and have it be a whole specialty on its own. And maybe that's not the right way to present it, but basically that's what happened when we take parts of the body and don't approach our health in a holistic way. Fashion, and so I think that's probably the line of demarcation that we can see in history is when we started transferring over into oh you have to have a dentist look at this. But in back in history, they used tooth powders, they used uh, chewing sticks, they used uh, I mean you know a lot of the cultures that Weston Price studied none of them had toothbrushes. They didn't know what dental floss was. So these are all new. Uh, little uh, accessories that we have in our bathroom today. The water pick, the sonic care toothbrush. These are all the past 30 years that they've come out.
0: Before we run out of time in the first hour, we've said if you're being told you need a root canal, do your damn investigation. If you're told you need mercury filling, do your damn investigation. What about crowns? That's pretty common. I have two crowns and they're gold. Is there a similar danger in bacteria getting under that crown or does the gold help alleviate? I think silver would actually alleviate that, wouldn't it? But anyhow.
1: Yeah, um, that's a good question because that's what we see a, a lot of crowns. So the dentin has like three miles of tubules. So when you put a crown, a, a cap over, it, it's like you're cementing that out and and really our teeth I know it sounds uh, a little difficult to understand for some people, but your teeth are actually porous and they have this, their own kind of respiratory system. And so when you seal that off and your saliva, which helps, can help remineralize your teeth, and we'll talk about that later. But when your saliva helps to remineralize your teeth and you've got this crown on top, then you've sealed that off and it can't get to that. Support. Now you're still getting support from the side. So that's helpful. But I personally have had a gold X-rays cannot see through gold. So at one point I had a little sensation of just a little inkling of an idea. There might be something going on that tooth with a gold crown. And so I went to the dentist and I said, you know, I'm sensing this. He said, if you're sensing it, you are feeling it before it can show up uh, in any other, you know, lo- way that we can look at it. And there are some other ways um, that dentists look at it uh, these days, but basically gold, you can't see through on an x-ray. He removed the, um, the gold crown and presto, bacteria was growing. So the good news is I got to it before it had gone so far as to the part where they would recommend a root canal.
0: I got to wonder out loud here, why the hell don't they use silver? Isn't silver antibacterial or doesn't it have properties that would make it difficult for that to happen?
1: You would think so, but it's a softer metal. And so I think there's something that they need to, I, I don't know the exact answer to that is what I should say first, but there is some problem with it.
0: Huh. Okay. What are some things that we can get in uh, to this free episode that goes out to so many? Are there any other dental procedures that you would strongly advise, look into, learn about before you get them? We have covered mercury. We have covered crowns. We have covered root canals. In my mind, uh, root canals is the most devastating, but mercury is not far behind. What else would you add to that list? If anything?
1: Well, the prevention of all of that. And I don't know if you want want me to give a few tips right here or you want to yeah, wait till the next hour.
0: No, I want to help as many people as possible. This goes out everywhere.
1: If you have a root canal in your mouth and you think it's not giving you any problem, I suggest that you invest in ozonated olive oil or ozone water, how to make ozonated water for a couple hundred bucks. You can get a device that will help ozonate water and put that in your mouth, swish your mouth with that a couple times a day. You want to, ozone, ozone you want to take away from your vitamins and, and supplements because it uh, sort of negates their, Positive effect on your body. So, you want to wait at least uh, 30, 40 minutes before you do that. But I think ozone, every night I take ozonated olive oil and don't buy it on Amazon, buy it some, from somewhere locally uh, because you, uh, ozone has a very short half life, like 30 minutes. So, you need to make sure that you get a good quality ozonated oil that you rub on your gums, uh, salt water, swishing your mouth with. Himalayan or Celtic or some good sea salt is an excellent and very inexpensive thing to carry with you wherever
0: you go. I got a comment on that. Um, the the salt thing, there, that's no joke, man. That work like if you get any inflammation on your gums or sort, of, you, you got to go to the salt. But here's the reason: I knew a lady who was a hygienist that was big into natural. And she once showed me in a microscope what happens to a bacteria cell when it's exposed to the salt. It explodes. I couldn't believe it. So yeah, that's very potent and it works.
1: And the last thing I'll share quickly is employ your own fingers. (laughs) One of the things that we find is that we carry a lot of tension in our face and our head. And so I developed a technique uh, called the AMI facial rejuvenation technique, which combines the ancient art of facial reflexology uh, with sound. And we have a whole training. So if you really want to know a lot about it, you can look at the training. But right now I want to take a little excerpt and, uh, sort of just give you the bullet points of something very effective that you can do every day, every morning, every night, when you're lying in your bed, take your hands, put them up to your hairline, sort of like you're creating a visor. Yeah. You're looking out over a field or whatever, and your thumbs are down at your temples. Take your fingers and just kind of pull them down along the hairline until they meet your thumbs at the temple. Do this three, four, five times. This crosses many meridians and acupoints. Again, you you don't have to know which ones they are, but loosening this up. There's something that happens every night while we sleep in our lymph system. The lymph system is the system to take the trash out. And so this is what we want to do. We want to loosen up things so that they can find their way out. And if you are having headaches, uh, sinus congestion, anything like that, this will help you. Once your fingers meet down at the temples, move your thumbs down to your jaw, this TMJ joint, massage that, then bring your fingers down to the upper jaw. Uh, or excuse me, the the your jawline, but above the jawline, and your thumbs are underneath. So this is where the brain flushes itself while we sleep. People who have brain fog, dementia, Alzheimer, all of those neurological conditions, they're very congested in the lymph system of the brain. So this is kind of reducing, you know, helping that along. While your teeth are down there, you can feel as you come along your your gum line on the outside, massage those teeth. Massage along the gum line and keep the circulation. What you want to do is keep this flowing. That along with the salt water swishing will do so much for your teeth and, and your whole head, the the, um, the whole fluid that drains. And uh, I recommend that if you want to use an oil, use a, a on your skin because you don't want to pull your skin. Use an oil like a organic olive oil, organic coconut oil to give yourself some slip. But this is a wonderful, very short at-home technique that you can use and, and really receive great benefits.
0: So I want to try to get one more thing in. You know how a lot of older people get tremors, you know, their hands will shake and stuff. Have you seen any evidence that this could be related to like the heavy metal pollution from mercury fillings or, or anything like this?
1: Yes. He- heavy metal toxicity is directly related to tremors.
0: Are you aware of other things that are related to tremors or because I was, I have come to be of a mind that that is directly related to heavy metals being trapped in your body.
1: It, it and you know crow i'm 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 with you there 100% in all of the studies that i have done uh that all of those people have very high toxic levels of mercury the ones who have gone for heavy metal testing and this is the uh urine challenge as opposed to finding it in your hair i mean you know if you want to do the hair analysis that's one way to do it but when you do a provoked heavy metal challenge all of the people who have tremors, whether they're um, dementia, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, all neurological conditions that I've seen, all have very toxic, heavy metal readings.
0: How does one go about, uh, from your point of view, flushing this stuff out of the body I suppose people will be thinking about the Gerson method, but uh, let's be frank about that. To do the Gerson method is a full-time job. If you're going to do it seriously, are you aware of other ways to flush the body of heavy metals?
1: Organic leafy greens, particularly cilantro, is a, a great chelator. There are certain algaes help pull it out. Uh, one thing I'd like to do is to tell everyone not to be overwhelmed by all the things that we're talking about. There is a lot to consider when you want to move your train from one track to the next, get your information and figure out what you can do, what you're willing to do uh, to incorporate this into your daily life. Uh, Because we're giving you all kinds of great tips, but if you don't incorporate them and you think it doesn't really a, doesn't really affect me right now. I just want to say, don't be caught off guard. And, um, you know, just say, I'm going to do, I'm going to incorporate three things in my life. I'm going to increase my ADK, uh, healthy fats, and I'm going to decrease my processed foods. You know, I'm going to do my salt water. I'm going to do my facial uh, massage release of the lymph system through that just pick a couple of things and go for that but and adding cilantro adding cilantro is huge for heavy metal toxicity
0: so i know for a fact that there are numbers of people who have followed this show for quite a long time and they're very wise a lot of them a lot of them are in the industry of providing healthful products and other things so if that is you feel free to go into comments and post methods that you're aware of that people can investigate to flush the body of heavy metals. I'm starting to be of a mind that heavy metal pollution is epidemic uh, in our society. But um, Jason, anything else you want to add? I think we're getting close here.
2: Now we better wrap it up. We're right there.
1: If I could say one thing with the heavy metals, uh, with all of the 5G and those interferences in our world, People with heavy metal toxicity are really popping now. So there's some interrelation we're finding in our patient population that with the introduction of 5G, people who, know, who were able to handle their toxic load uh, on a daily basis, suddenly they're blown out.
0: All right. So Mandara, why don't you tell people where they can contact you? Uh, I'll give you fair warning. In hour one, this goes out everywhere all over the world. If you give out an email, you could be overwhelmed. Less so in hour two, but what contact information would you like to provide for folks?
1: Sure. You can find me at simatechnologies.com. That's C-Y-M-A-T-E-C-H-N-O-L-O-G-I-E-S.com. I I do have, uh, I mean, I'll put that in the Uh, program notes or send it to you. I do have a preliminary dental investigation uh, that I have on my website. I'll actually put the link to the PDF on that about how silent dental infection, uh, people who think they're just fine moving along life. And and we found the inflammatory process and the congestion there. Uh, Cancer patients who've had congestion and they didn't know why they couldn't get well, uh, all related to their teeth. So I'll put that link there. Again, I'm not a dentist. I'm a health advocate. And, um, you know, I do research with sound and, and how sound can help in a targeted approach such as with dental infections.
0: Well, I would add your main gig could be described as cymatics uh, and you have taken that a long, long way. And as I have said so often on this show, how in the heck did we get into the century we're in without a complete cymatic map available to anyone who wants it, matched to frequency, matched to color? I mean, I, I feel like we're starting to move back in that direction again, but it is my point of view that when we break free of the era of drug, chemical drugs that they call medicine, Uh, cymatics is going to be where we recover. Just to remind everyone, uh, Mandara Cromwell first showed up on this show, uh, episode 264. We'd like to see you all for hour two uh, for members over at crow777radio.com, C-R-R-O-W-777radio.com. There are absolutely tons of new features coming into the website slowly, but surely there will be a live chat added in there. And I am considering file sharing, but that's problematic because there are plenty of people in the world who would like to do damage uh, to people like us who want to talk about things that matter. Anyhow, I'd like to wish you all a happy, healthy, and higher-minded new era. Join us at crow777radio.com for hour two. There it is, man. Cheers.